So reading the, the news, listening to the television, anyway, tuning into the trends in, in uh, our environment, it would, you would think that we are, and it may be true, that we are, we are in uh, apocalyptic, apocalyptic times. Is that the right word? Apocalyptic. And many people are contemplating the end of the world and getting quite terrified by the prospect. And, of course, I've been thinking about that too, and it looks like we've hit a certain tipping point with the environment and you know, mass migration and incredible weather. So it's really easy to become quite triggered by by all of that, and I am from time to time. And I also experience the news in the, in the face of the Buddha Dharma, the teachings of the Buddha, which is often talking, the Buddha often talked about the end of the world. And the whole point was to come to the end of the world, to come to what is in English is translated as cessation otherwise translated as the end of the world, uh, to discover nirvana, peace, uh, which comes to only to those who reach the end of the world. And I know I've, on many weeks I've shared the, the short rendition of the Buddha's teaching on the, on the world. He said, in this fathom-long body lies the world with its senses and perceptions, uh, with Within this fathom-long body with its senses lies the cause of the world. And within this fathom-long body with its senses and perceptions lies the end of the world. And within this fathom-long body lies the, the path that leads to the end of the world. So the goal of practice is to reach the end of the world. <laughs> it's interesting in the, the juxtaposition of these two. But of course, the end of the world, the cessation in Buddha Dharma, is a practical reality. It's not an abstraction. It's not just an idea. It's not this fantasy or even an idea. It's not a story that our mind creates or, you know, based on reasonable fact. It's, it's beyond concepts. It's literally a reality that is available to us here and now every moment of our life. But we choose through ignorance, through confusion, through habit, through innocence, we choose to keep creating the world in our, in our minds. So this practical reality, this this practical reality of the end of the world is, is really the end of it's the end of identity. It's the end of clinging. It's the end of condemning. It's the end of ego, you could say. It's the end of uh, desire. And you may think abstractly how can that ever be? The end of ego, the end of... But in every 
moment, in every moment of awareness, in every moment where there is awakening to the practical reality, these these patterns vanish. In every moment of awareness, there is cessation. Where is desire now? Where is ego now? Where is clinging now? Where is the world that we create with our mind now? All of these things end if we put our trust in awareness. But not as an idea. Oh great, awareness is the end of the world. That will not satisfy you. It's only those who actually practice putting their trust in awareness. And check it out. Here and now. Cessation is real. It's reality. It's not this, it's not, like I said, it's not the abstraction of what happens at the end of the, you know, I've, other nights I've talked about the stages of enlightenment and the, and the gradual uprooting of the fetters of the mind. The final fetter of ignorance and the last couple fetters of restlessness and conceit and ego. There may be a final cessation, a final uprooting of the me-making and the my-making and the world-making. But that's an abstraction right now. What we can know, we can know the cessation. The cessation meaning the end of the world, the end of suffering. We can know it by our awakening in each moment. It's why we practice. So I, I, I want to shout from the hilltops. I have to shout tonight because <laughs> I have no mic. But I want to shout to the hilltops that this uh, so-called enlightenment is a practical reality. It is, it's nearer than near. It's accessible. You know, I can read you, I can read you uh, I can, I'm thinking right now about Ramakrishna where he talks about the, the way that we make the world through our longing mind, our mind longing, endless longing, hoping, waiting, expecting. He says, oh, he, he wakes up from his experience of the end of the world. And he says, oh, longing mind. You know, he has so much compassion. He's no longer alive, but his teachings just resonate, you know, they just, they just pour out compassion. He says, oh longing mind, dwell within the depths of your own true nature. Don't seek your home elsewhere. Don't confine your natural or an innate infinity within the mansions of name and form, all these ideas, all these worlds that you create in your mind. Don't confine your infinity and 
these ideas, these abstractions. He says, your naked awareness, just being aware, your naked awareness, O mind, is the inexhaustible abundance for which you long so desperately. Just being lucidly aware. Now, being lucidly aware, is that something that we become? Do you have to become aware? Is it an action? No. It is a, it's, a nat, it's your natural state. I often, you know, I think probably every few weeks I'll say, try not to be aware. Stop being aware. And the fact that you are intrinsically aware just shines the surface. But somehow, this moment of awareness, this moment of awakening to where you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're thinking, whatever, knowing that that's happening, that moment of awareness, leads or that moment awareness itself is a moment where what happens? The world ends. Our idea, idea of ourselves ceases right here. So you thought you had to wait to get rid of yourself. That it was so far away and it would take a lifetime of therapy. Something seemed to. <laughs> but thinking ceases here. It ends right here. In that moment of awareness. That's cessation. After your last thought has passed, before the next one comes. There's a vivid clarity in that moment. That's awareness. And as Dujim Rinpoche says, you know, that, of course it doesn't last. <laughs> because of conditioning. A thought arises and, and if that thought is recognized in awareness, moment of mindfulness of thinking, that thought liberates. It's just another end of that lifetime. If that thought goes unnoticed, if we don't practice awareness, it spreads out into what he called ordinary thinking, otherwise known as the chain of delusion. Because that's where we make the world. And so the end of the world that we would like, the end of the world of abstractions, and that really is the source of tremendous worry, the compounding of the worry. It's not denying that, the, that we are on the precipice, but the way our mind keeps replicating that disaster over and over. And each time we go into fight or flight, all of that ends for us for that second of knowing, oh, that's my mind creating the world or the end of the world. And this is actually the end of the world. This is the moment of cessation. Because the natural question is, well, if the world is going to end, if, we all, if we've already hit the tipping point, how do you deal with it? 
how you deal with it is not compounding the suffering about it. Of course, in doing everything we can, being available to do everything we can, to be loving, to be generous, to sit, support each other, to take care of each other. How does one do that if one is preoccupied with worry and anxiety, hopelessness, grief, despair? These states of mind end in the moment of knowing. They cannot withstand the light of attention. You have to keep picking up the thoughts of the world to have despair. I'm not saying that there's not the residue of the felt sense. I think there's a collective despair for many right now. I think there's a collective anxiety, collective fear, collective a lot of irritation. I noticed the drive... I'm having to drive extra safe. Is it me that's needing to be extra safe because I'm feeling aggressive <laughs> or is it, is it I'm, people are really aggressive right now on the road. So how can we best deal with, with the world as uh, the world and all its difficulties is, is being the best, most awakened and the Expression of awakening is love and the most loving person we can be. The least aggressive driver. The one who waits and gives way, yields to the other person. That's my practice anyway, is yielding. Because I'm, you know, there's a part of me that wants to be the, you know, be the first one. That kind of competitive, whatever that aggressive thing is it's just while I'm at it the other the, I've talked about this before here but my the most transformative practice I've ever done is what I call stealth meta you know this kind of stealth loving kindness where I'm either walking down the street or driving, I'm under my breath, I'm going, may you be happy, may you be happy, may you be happy, I love you, I love you, I love you, may you be happy. And it's amazing, the, the world of strangers and, and drivers who want one minute I want to you know, run off the road, I, I start to feel affection for. So that attention to them in a loving way brings, brings affection. And, you know, with our mind, that's another line from the Buddha, with our mind we make the world. You think, you think a lot of unkind thoughts, the world shapes itself according to the way we think. Loving thoughts, it shapes itself to a great degree to the way we think. This is not to be Pollyannish, you know, it's just, it's not as though you're, you can, I, I don't know, I guess I'm, I, I'm a little bit, I'm hitting one of those points again where I have my doubts about whether we can really truly have a peaceful, loving world in general. But I know that I can be at peace and in love with the world. 
And I know that, that at least in my own way and in your own way, we can, we can make, you know, make the world. And the world isn't the way our mind imagines it anyway. I don't know about you, but I, have any of you tuned into Paulette Jordan, who's running, the, a Native American woman running for governor of Idaho? I looked at her picture without even knowing who she was, and I started to weep. There's something about her. She's, she is, uh, she's, there's something about her that is really moving, and it turns out that even though she is a progressive Democrat, the Republicans are falling in love with her. They want to be around her. They want to take pictures with her. They're beautiful devas. They're angels in this world doing wonderful things. And so many people I know are out in, the, in Modesto canvassing. I said it, you know, I've been talking about it. And, other, and people here have been telling me about their, their escapades and the challenge of doing that, how hard it is. And there's so many. Our world is also so full of love and goodwill. But what's the best way, best way that we can, if we want to be true to the, to the Buddha's um, view that it's possible to be, to come to the end of the world, the end of suffering, the end of our own mental formations and suffering, and be a, an example of love in this world, of, of, of altruism, of, of patience, uh, then we've got, to, we've got to experience cessation over and over and over again. And it is nearer than our breath. You know, I've, I've mentioned, Ram, I mentioned Ramakrishna where he talked about the inexhaustible, your naked awareness is the inexhaustible abundance. The Advaita teacher Ramana Maharshi put it more in story form. In the story of the, the lost necklace, and many different traditions have similar awakening stories or stories of reminders of the closeness of freedom, the closeness of the end of the world that we create in our mind. He calls his, this story is called the lost necklace. No special effort is necessary to realize freedom, self, the end of the world. All efforts are for eliminating the present obscuration to the truth. A lady wearing a necklace around her neck, she forgets it, imagines it to be lost, and impulsively, impulsively looks for it here there, everywhere. Not finding it, she asks her friends if they found it anywhere. Until one kind friend points to her neck and tells her to feel the necklace around her neck. The seeker does so and feels happy that the necklace is found. She says yes to them as if it were lost and later recovered. 
Her happiness at rediscovering it around her neck is the same as if some lost property was recovered. In fact, she never lost it nor recovered it. And yet she was once miserable and now she's happy. So also is the realization of cessation. So don't postpone this realization. Look what's around your neck. As the Tibetan tradition, they'd say, look within the nature of the mind. Here, it's clear. Your own mind. It's empty, open, welcoming. Not made of anything. And it's shining, it's radiant, it's, re it's reflective. Containing all experience, but not bound by it at all. Your own mind is the Buddha. Hakuin Zenji says, Oh, how sad that people ignore the near and search for truth afar. Like someone, like, what's that? Um, I think I might even have that with me. Hakuin. All beings by nature are Buddha, which means awake. As ice by nature is water. Apart from water, no ice. Apart from beings, no Buddha. How sad that people ignore the near and search for truth afar. Like someone in the midst of water crying out in thirst, like a child of a wealthy home wandering among the poor. Lost on dark paths of ignorance, we wander through the world from dark path to dark path. When shall we be freed from this cycle of birth and death? O oh, meditation, to this the highest praise. Devotion, repentance, training, the many perfections, all have their source in meditation. Those who meditate even once wipe away beginningless crimes. Where are all the dark paths then? The pure land itself is near. Those who hear this truth even once and listen with a grateful heart, treasuring it, revering it, gain blessings, without end. Much more, those who turn about and bear witness to self-nature, self-nature that is no nature, go far beyond any doctrine or abstraction. How boundless and free is the sky of awareness. How bright the full moon of wisdom. Truly is anything missing now. Nirvana is right here before our eyes. This very place, the lotus land, this very body, the Buddha.
So may we all realize cessation moment to moment by just being aware. Notice how everything you imagined ends in a moment of awareness. All the conditioned things fade away in a moment of awareness. All the clinging, all the identity views, all the stories, they all melt in a moment of awareness. So let's sit for a moment. Being lucidly aware free of the past, free of the future, free of ideas of the present. Trusting awareness. So we'll end with a poem from Pablo Neruda that Mark Cartman brought in tonight called Keeping Quiet. Now we will count to 12 and we will all keep still. For once on the face of the earth, let's not speak any language. Let's stop for a second and not move our arms so much. It would be an exotic moment without rush, without engines. We would all be together in a sudden strangeness. Fishermen in the cold sea would not harm whales. Man gathering salt would not look at his hurt hands. Those who prepare green wars Wars with gas, wars with fire, victories with no survivors would put on clean clothes and walk about with their brothers in the shade doing nothing.
What I want should not be confused with total inactivity. Life is what it's about. If we were not so single-minded about keeping our lives moving and for once could do nothing, perhaps a huge silence might interrupt this sadness of never understanding ourselves and of threatening ourselves with death. Perhaps the earth can teach us as when everything seems to be dead in winter and later proves to be alive. Now I will count to twelve and you keep quiet and I will go. May our moments of cessation be dedicated to the welfare and benefit of of all beings that we're available. And any blessings, any goodness, any merit that has come from our being together tonight, let's also give that over to all beings and wish ourselves and everyone well. Anyway, thank you for your attention. Thanks for your generosity. Hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.